Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We're back. Hello Bordeaux. to the 4,000 people watching. Big shout out Come to everyone on. that's got us to 4,000. As you can tell, we are gassed. We are. Literally recording day of we hit 4,000. So thank you very much to everyone. But ladies and gentlemen, it's episode 60... 68, baby. 68, baby. One before the magic number. Come on. Um, and we are going to be discussing a little bit of what happened in the Premier League this weekend. We had yes. eight games on Saturday, which is nuts. Yeah. Not hardly any Friday kickoffs now. What were we doing Saturday? We were at the horse racing, saw Big John. Bosh. So that was exciting. Um, and then finished just in time to watch the mighty Arsenal put in an absolute stinker of a performance against Chelsea. For like the first 60, 70 minutes. Yeah. Then Sanchez decided to do what he does best. But we'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, big shout out to everyone who has subscribed so far. The journey continues. The content is coming. We've got some big things lined up. Some special guests, some big plans. So yeah, yeah it's not too quick, late to subscribe. Quick, quick yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get straight into it. It was Arsenal away at Stamford Bridge against Chelsea. Mauricio Pochettino's somewhat rising Chelsea team who have been poor for a long, long time. Yeah, they've had some good performances this, this season. And I'd say their position in the league doesn't represent those performances. But points don't lie. You can play as good as you want. If you don't get points on the board, it means nothing. And I think United are going through a similar problem at the moment where they're playing all right, but they're not putting their chances away. Chelsea have got a similar problem. Chelsea had that issue. They've had it since sort of maybe Diego Costa left. Yeah. Lack of uh, consistent goal scorer. And they bought in <laughs> a lot of players, spent a lot of money and have uh, spent over a billion great British pounds and not they. have someone who can put the ball in the back of net. It's kind of outstanding and maybe deserves some plaudits. Not from it's, me. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's how, how do you spend a billion yeah. and can't get goal scorer? I don't know. Bought in Nicholas Jackson, who uh, was on the bench this game. Yeah. Someone who sort of made a weird signing late on in the window was Cole Palmer. 45 million, which I thought he might have gone for more. Oh, I don't know. I thought 45 million for someone that I think probably had maybe like five Premier appearances. Mate, but they sold, they sold like... Too much. Yeah, they sell their academy products yeah. for a lot. But like, why are Prem mm. teams stupid enough to because buy Chelsea... Man City products but for that much? He, he is turning up. But... As much as I was surprised about the Cole Palmer move and kind of the high fee and... The move was what was surprising. Them, Chelsea, him being Chelsea's kind of like central number 10. He's he's impressing me. Yeah, he he's out. I think he's so good. He's so... I, th I think he's just effective. And now I see why he left City because there's no way he's getting into that role at the City team. Oh, no, he'd be behind that. Silva, behind Foden, behind Alvarez, behind De Bruyne. I always saw him as more of a like an winger yeah so did I and I think that was sort of where he started yeah but that um, must be the only place the city could get him in but yeah he is I think he's outrageous yeah because he, he's under 21 he plays kind of centrally doesn't he he reminds yeah. me a little bit of Harvey Barnes like he's he's effective Harvey Barnes he's effective and he's just got really good output yeah he, he doesn't he's not just doing like skills and like making runs for the heck, hell of it he, he, everything he does is effective he, he makes something out of everything yeah which you rarely see now in especially young players who like to take a lot of touch on the ball and end up sort of playing it backwards. Yeah. But especially coming from that city team where it's just like recycle, recycle, recycle. Exactly. But, but yeah, um, Chelsea yeah, he, obviously are struggling, struggling, struggling. Um I think they were in twelfth place before this game kicked off. 
they had a good performance against Fulham after having a month where they didn't, I think it's called one goal in the Carabao Cup. Mm, yeah. And then um, they scored, what was it, three or four against Fulham? Yeah, three, I think it was. And then, yeah, gone on to score two against Arsenal. They, they win the week before international break? Or was that the Fulham game? No, that was, they, I can't remember what it was. No, I think they Seems drew. Like a long time ago. But, but um, yeah, the signs are there of an improving team. Yeah, I really like what they're doing. Um, players that I was questioning at the start of the season, Madrick, I was questioning Cole Palmer, I was questioning Conor Gallagher. These players are now starting to hit a nice run of form. They're starting to gel. I think Pochettino's found his kind of starting eleven now. And I really like this kind of formation where I don't think Gallagher has enough output as that number 10. But if you pair him with Cole Palmer, as also a number 10. So they're playing kind of like a box midfield, which absolutely overran Arsenal in the game. They played a box midfield of Enzo and Saicedo, and then in front of them, um, Conor Gallagher and Cole Palmer. And Cole Palmer was kind of playing as like a false nine, if anything. And then you got Mudrick and uh, Sterling on the wings. But yeah, that box midfield, Gallagher, I've said this time and time again on the podcast. His output's meh. But he will give you work rate. Work rate is insane. And uh, uh, like a double pivot of Caicedo and Enzo. We've seen what they can do. I know Caicedo was getting some pelters at the beginning of his uh, Chelsea career. Yeah. And Enzo sort of maybe flown under the radar for his price tag. But you always knew the quality was there. I think they're going to start seeing dividends from that pivot there. It's yeah, really, It's going to be such a solid point for them. I think Malagusta was really good up until the latter stages of the game. Same with Cucurella. I think he had a really good game. And yeah, I think... Chelsea are starting to get into their groove. And my only worry is that they're kind of, because they're putting so many players in that midfield, four players, and you're asking Cole Palmer to do that false nine, it's taking out the opportunity to play number nine. That's why mm. Nicholas Jackson starts on the bench. So you're expecting a lot of goals from Mudrick and Sterling and Cole Palmer. And as much as I think Cole Palmer's on a good run of form, Mudrick's hitting form, Sterling's always going to get you goals. I don't think either three, any one of those three is going to make up enough. To I don't not think have any nine. one of them gets over like 15 goals. Exactly. So that formation works because it'll overrun teams in the midfield, but you're always going to struggle to score. I mean, score. if they each get 12 goals, you know, Cole Palmer, Mudrick and Sterling, they've scored the same amount as Harlan did last season. Exactly. And I think that is an issue because as good as Chelsea were this game, their goals came from Arsenal mistakes. Saliba handball in the box. I don't know if it should have been a pen. He kind of gets it headed at his hand from like the same distance that we are away from each other. Mm. So that one's questionable. And then Raya kind of coming off his line. line. Mudrick kind of lobbing in. I've seen you said that there's no way you meant it. Absolutely no way you meant that. I don't know. Pochettino is so quick in the post-match to be like, oh, he meant that. I think he he does look up twice though. Bollocks. You'll never really know, but he looks up twice. My guy... Apparently... This is these are rumors that he's been trained to like. No, apparently, um, Chelsea's goalkeeping coach, yeah, on analysis of David Raya said he just he's always off his line. Look for it. I get the concept, but my guy Mudrick, we've seen nothing in the Prem to show that he has enough tech about him to while he's low on confidence as well. He would just never in a million years think that's a good decision. He would, I don't know, there's no way, no way. So, I mean. To whiff the the cross like that, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it it's was a exactly whiff. what. Because what if you look at how he hits before. it, it looks quite clean. 
It's a clean, or is he like trying to put it towards the back post? Yeah, but it does, just, I don't think it makes sense to where anyone's in the box. It's it's a scuff cross that's gone in. Regardless, David Rye is the one at fault here. Yeah, clown. So yeah, um, two points from that. One is that Chelsea's goals come from Arsenal mistakes. So that box midfield, as much as it will overrun teams, and it is a good foundation for a starting eleven. You've got to question where these goals are going to come from for Chelsea. Another talking point is David Raya and. Actually, just the goalkeeping in general this game, because the goalkeeping in general this game was fucking diabolical for two teams that are in the big six and pushing for Champions League football. This is stinky goalkeeping. We'll start with the Raya versus Ramsdale debate, and then we'll talk about Sanchez. This is a good topic as well, because we're uh, going to be releasing a Premier League goalkeeping goalkeeping goalkeeper ranked tier list video out on Friday. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Yeah. But, but yeah. Um, right, Sancho and Sancho? Raya versus Ramsdale. Yes. So Ramsdale started the season. Raya came in after a few games. I would say he's been up and down. He's had some good moments. He's had some bad moments. He's had the first half against Man City was so bad. Second half against Man City was so good. He's had a few clean sheets. He's had some good distribution, some good saves. I think he'd done like an outrageous save against Spurs. Um, He's been there. He has made a lot of mistakes. It's... Very inconsistent. It's very inconsistent. And I don't... Well, Arteta said after the City game, he likes that Raya tries things. He's got balls. He's got balls. He's he's brave enough to try things even if they don't come off. Like, he tried to pass out to the edge of the box in the Chelsea game. Cole Palmer intercepted, tried to go around him, and he saved it again. But you can only get away with so many mistakes. Teams that are more clinical. Like I was talking about Chelsea and how like there's not enough goals in that team. Teams where if you went there to is Newcastle a lot of goals. That, yeah, Newcastle teams like Newcastle, Man City, Liverpool. If you do that to Salah, if you do that to Haaland or De Bruyne, mate, they're going to field goal down. every single time. And so you've got to question the risk versus reward balance. And I'm not saying Ramsdale doesn't do those mistakes. He does them probably about the same amount. But of he doesn't. Really. He's he's not as brave on the ball. He's not going to try those yeah. passes. So it's it's one for the Arsenal fans out there because I think I after think... the last few games, Ramsdale for me, champion, we're playing Champions League tomorrow night. Tonight when this comes out, Ramsdale for me starts that Champions League game. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like the Raya signing was unnecessary, mm. but I rated it at the time because I like the idea of Ramsdale's good, mm. but we want to be better. Yeah, and you show that you show that to everyone in the squad that if you're not up to scratch, there will be someone else who will be, and Facts. we can bring people in, which mm-hmm. is fine. But then he wants to do this thing where he balances the keeper and he uses them in different situations. I think I, I don't. You've got issues elsewhere where you could be dealing with. He's got to be looking at getting Odegaard more involved, mm. in mm. my opinion. Anyway, mm. I don't think Odegaard's played bad, but I want to see more. I don't, yeah, I agree. We, we, we've seen it before. The season where he takes games by the scruff of the neck and he, he he's good. Don't be worried about the goal. Ramsdale was fine last season. Mm. He was fine. He had a bit of a sloppy end of the season, but so did Arsenal. Yeah. That you lost Saliba and we noticed that Rob Holding was not up to par. Yeah. And it's not his fault. He's just, that's just the standard. It is indeed. Yeah. You lost um, Tommy Asu as well at that point. So you had a makeshift back four. So obviously your keeper's going to suffer as a result of that. That's true. That's very true. So for me, I think Arteta's gone too far down this rabbit hole he's semi shot himself in the foot here and I think he has to stick it out with Ryan now yeah I agree I think if Ramsdale doesn't get this Champions League start next game 
if Raya, after a pretty shaky performance, I'd say one of his worst, that's probably it for Ramsdale. I'm I mean, saying one of his worst, though, and he's only had about five appearances. <laughs> I know, yeah. That's, you know what I mean? It's, it'll be, time will tell. And I think, I think he's either going to really excel when teams try and exploit him as a weakness. Mm. Like, if you say you're playing against Liverpool yeah. and they're going to have, like, Nunez pressing him immediately anytime he gets the ball. He might be he might be really effective and take two three players out of the game with a single pass. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And you're gonna have like this fantastic amount of space in like that deeper channel to work with. So immediately, if Nunez pushes out, and then you've got all that space in behind Nunez and sort of like the Subozlai, Gravenberg, McAllister, whoever's there, you've got a lot of space to work with there. They come out, you're creating that space further and further up the pitch. So it could play dividends, but only time will tell. For me, he's got to stick with him. Yeah. And then at the other end of the pitch, Robert Sanchez. Doing his KSI impression. And <laughs> no. So firstly, he should have been sent off anyway. He came out to claim a cross and absolutely fucking twatted Gabriel Jesus. Was it was it Onana who done this early in the yeah. season as well? And got away with it. And I don't know if the referees are now just being like, oh, because Onana got away with it. We made a mistake there. We've just got to allow keepers to come out and punch players in the face. If you come out and you Superman punch the ball and miss, yeah. and you hit a player in the face, it's, you, I don't understand how that's not a record. They didn't even stop the game for a head injury. I was like, and I was watching Match of the Day to kind of see if they spoke about it. And fair to Mika Richards and um, Alan Shearer, they're both like, yeah, that should have been a red card. Because he just comes out and... His entire body weight just smashes Jesus in the face. And I was like, he's lucky not to be like concussed. If you were out on the pitch, yeah, and you're a defender and you run in and you fully commit to a tackle with your leg raised, like his arm was, yeah. you're getting sent off if you don't make contact with It the reminds ball. me of, do you remember that game where City played Liverpool and Sadio Mane kind of Absolutely went one, elbowed, and, yeah. and took out Edison? It was like that the opposite way around. It just twatted Gabriel Jesus. So he should have been off for that. And then, not to mention, like, the sloppy passes, the pass out that Declan Rice intercepted and scored from. It's a bad day for the goalkeepers in this game. Yeah, he he was... I, I rated him at Brighton. Yeah, so did I. But maybe I don't... the spotlight is too bright. Maybe maybe it's just the Chelsea effect, because we saw Mendy fell off hard. Kepa fell off and sort of came back. Mm. Even Courtois, who went on to be brilliant at Real Madrid until his injury, is... Wasn't really that great at Chelsea. Mm. He was all right. Yeah. He was probably one of the better keepers in the league, but he wasn't like, outstanding. Mm. Um, we haven't seen a great Chelsea keeper since Czech. Yeah, facts. But, you know, how many great keepers have we actually seen in the Premier League? I'm thinking Alisson, De Gea during his prime. Yeah, maybe Edison if you've been generous. Edison, yeah. But outrageous keepers. Yeah. Like the likes of Neuer, a Buffon. Mad. Mad. Victor Valdez. What guy? Uh just want to touch on before we move on to the next game. Arteta's substitutions. He normally gets berated for making late substitutions or non-effective substitutions. His substitutions today were oh not today. Uh, during the game were bloody buzzing. Kai Havertz, I want to talk about him. Guys. Cause um he's been slandered his first like ten games. But his last two or three substitute appearances off the bench have been really good. I think he's good when he you know he can like see the game before he gets into it. Because he came on against City when it was nil-nil, played up top, had Tommy Asu, Tommy Asu to bounce off him, and that's how we got the goal in the City game. 
similar in the Chelsea game. Played him up. He came on up top. Started knitting the passes together up top. That's how we got our second goal. He he took it down, gave it out to Saka. Saka crossed it to Trossard. So I think Kai Havertz, the kind of left centre mid role, it was a good experiment. I don't think that's the one. I think he is meant to be like a shadow striker, number nine. I think the game's... But is he good enough to do that full time? The game's too complicated in the middle of the pitch for him. Mm. He, it's not, he, it doesn't play to his strengths. Mm. I think he's better as an outball. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And that's what we've seen when his substitute appearances. He just comes on up top. He's very physical, takes Simplify it down. Simplify his it role. Yeah. Especially for now, when he's trying to build confidence. Yeah. Simplify his role and get, give him opportunities to get the output. Yeah. The yeah. output is what's going to give him confidence. Yeah. He's not going to get spitting. that as much from centre midfield where he's been asked to provide the output. Yeah, that's so a very good point. For me, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, stinky result for both teams, I think. Chelsea would be gutted not to come away with three points and Arsenal would have been a little bit shaken after their early performance, but probably glad to take the I'll point take the draw, away um, and keep their unbeaten record. We are filming this uh, Monday evening just before Spurs had kicked off against Fulham. Spurs could be top of the table. Oh, God. Another team who are absolutely flying quite like Spurs are Aston Villa. What Unai team? Emery. We've been talking about him a lot. He's doing a madness. I sat down to watch this game. I had a nice little Sunday roast. Like half four and I was thinking, good evening. Chill out, watch the football. And West Ham started and in about two minutes, I thought they were going to score. Mm, and then Bowen, Bowen hit like a volley from outside the box. Tested Martinez a little bit. I was thinking, West Ham look good here. I like their all, you know, all white kit, mm. looking good. And Villa sort of adapted very well. They were playing, they were trying to play this quite high tempo game and then realised they're doing that's playing into West Ham's mm. sort of, what their game plan. So they slowed the tempo right down and just started pulling West Ham apart. Ollie Watkins, outrageous. I really DRB, like West Ham. Man. Outrageous. Not West Ham, Aston Villa. Um, I don't want to you, say it. You notoriously hate West Ham. Yeah, I, I hate both these teams, but they're both good. But Aston Villa are kind of like a level above at the moment. I think they've just got a better manager tactically. I think their squad is probably slightly better. And you're seeing it pay dividends. I think a lot of it is down to Unai Emery, who I think is elite. one of the elite managers. In a the manager who was so disrespected in his time here by a certain fan base. What are you talking about? But um, yeah, well, it's, it's the spotlights are too bright when you're at the big six teams, but he is an elite manager and he is working wonders with this Aston Villa team. He plays this very compact 4-2-2-2. And then at the base of it, you've got Douglas Louise, who we waxed lyrical last week on the podcast. I just think he's so good. So good. And I, I genuinely think he might be like a top four DM in the league. And he fucking bagged two in this game. After he he we scored it, like six of his last seven appearances yeah, he's top, at home. Top, Villa. top goal scoring midfielder in the Prem. He's outrageous. So that's wild. And then alongside him, you've got Bubakar Kamara, who for a free transfer is probably one of the best. Does he take corners? Who? Douglas Louise. Yeah, yeah, yeah still. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, so I remember he scored a couple he, corners. Yeah, every corner he takes, I swear down, he tries to score. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I love it. But um, so yeah, those two as like the deepest midfielders. Bubakar Kamara, one of the best defensive midfielders in the league, just goes so under the radar because he was a free transfer. Mm. And then in front of them, you've got the next kind of phase of the midfield, the kind of narrow in this game that was John McGinn and Zaniolo. Zaniolo, I think, another really good transfer. He's big, physical, technically excellent. Yeah, I think for me, I really liked him, but he loses composure in those final, that final mm. third a little bit for me. 
But I, I think that comes with time. Yeah. He, when he learns about how the movie Alongside goes. him, you've got John McGinn, who's just endless just, work rate. What guy? Oh, McGinn is so... He's, he's like McGallagher. 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 He's like Conor Gallagher on steroids. Yeah, yeah. Slightly better. More experienced, maybe. But um, yeah, those two are quality. And then in front of them, you've got Diaby and Watkins, who are just two elite forwards. And then that kind of like central... The spine. Yeah, that spine of the team. If you take on a team that focuses a lot at the middle of the park, Aston Villa are going to dominate shut you. shut down. Aston Villa are going to dominate you. And that's what we saw against Brighton. They're, they play a lot of their like movements in the centre of the pitch. Aston Villa will shut you down. They'll win the ball back and transition quickly. Same here against West Ham. You can't Once you take James Ward-Prowse, you take Pacatar, you take Edson Alvarez out of the game, Aston Villa will kill you. I think what's good as well is that for Unai Emery, when he was at Arsenal, teams would come out and they wouldn't want to play against him. Mm. So he was forced to play this quite boring yeah, possession-based football. Mm. Here, it, it, teams are seeing it's Aston Villa. It's not like they're going to go and take a big scout. Yeah. So they come out and try and play their football. And he's just got their number every time. Yeah, 100%. I think that's a really good point, actually. Yeah, because at Arsenal, you're expected to be the dominant team. But where I think he likes being kind of, not the underdog every single time, but... He likes going toe to toe with teams and tactically outsmarting them. And I think and as well, that. he he's allowing Matty Cash to get really high up the pitch. Matty Cash has effectively played like a right winger for for a lot of the, yeah. the time. Well, when you've got such a compact um, vertical team, the wing backs are key, and, and Dinier's quality. Dinier, yeah, Dinier had a bit of a torrid time um, under um, Steam Gerrard. Yeah. yeah, and we've sort of always known his class. He was sort of a walking yellow card even at Everton. But he's seems to have like matured quite a lot. Yeah. Um and Matty Cash, we know he could do one of the most underrated uh fullbacks in the league, both by opinions, I think. And then let's talk about fucking the centre two of Esri Concert and Paul Torres. That is I said it at the start of the season, I said that is a bloody good defensive duo. And I know you're and, not his biggest fan, but Emmy Martinez in goal. Oh yeah, I thought you were talking about Tyron Mings. World Cup winning yeah, yeah. goalkeeper. And he's he's got pedigree, he's a voice, he's a leader. As far as starting as far as starting eleven goes. That is a very, like, all of those t- the players, if you keep all of those fit, it's a very It just thing. screams understated. Mm. They'll like, they'll do something special this season. Oh, mate, they're, they're absolutely fine. I think they're literally, like, a few wins off of Aston Villa's all-time record when they were, like, brilliant in the 80s. Like, European champions, Aston Villa. Villa fans, let us know. What are you hoping for? Is Champions League too ambitious, or is that what I you're did hoping hear, for? I did hear some young fan on TalkSport saying uh, that, Everything that they've seen so far this season suggests that they deserve Champions League. Oh. I think that's a big mistake to make. No one deserves Champions League. A bit too League. early to start, start talking about deserving. And you, you, well done. You've beaten Brighton and West Ham convincingly, which is outrageous. But their team's still to play. There's a lot of games still to go. We're less than a quarter of the way through the season. But they are playing very well. And for me, I, I think they're in the race for Champions League football. I think they're doing well. But... I, I worry about their depth in certain areas. Mm. If they lose an Ollie Watkins. Yeah, if they lose an Ollie Watkins, if they lose DRB, maybe an Ezri Concer, could be long. They've got um, the Brazilian boy. Diego Carlos, there. yeah. Um, and even Mings is a capable step in. He's not, he's not of Paulo Torres or uh, Ezri Concer's standard, but Leon Bailey came on. Yeah, got a scored, good goal. Yeah, good, outrageous goal. But yeah, I, I do worry a little bit about their depth. I worry about them getting a little bit ahead of themselves. Yes. Well, I hope there's a downfall because I don't like Aston Villa. But I say it as I see it. They're playing good football. And in my opinion, they're the most exciting team in the league at the moment. Yeah, I mean, the results would say that. I think, what is it like? 
six, then three, and then four they scored in their last few home games. Yeah, it's pretty nice. And Ollie Watkins, can we just talk about him for a minute? Yeah, what guy? Could we start him at a left wing for England? Yeah, you know what? That's not even a bad shout. Because I, I failed to see another left winger who's doing more than him. Yeah. He's, for me, best English player in the league at the minute. Because the only other option is Rashford, who's got one goal all season. So or Grealish, who's getting Grealish. absolutely dumped out by Doku. That's a, yeah, I've, I've posted on Twitter, I said it's uncomfortable times because Doku got man of the match and he was quality. And I was watching this compilation of him and I was like, oh, that is uncomfortable times for Jack Grealish. Pep is absolutely rimming him as well, which is yeah, so. not a good sign. Gre- the, the Grealish-Phillips uh, alliance could be swiftly exiting <laughs> oh, yeah. um, the Etihad. It'd be interesting to see. I mean, Calvin Phillips, so let's talk about, let's quickly talk about City before we wrap up. I'm still not convinced about Man City. Yeah, no, neither am I. Obviously, the last few games, they had no Rodri. Um, They're worse than the last season. I think, for me, that's not a debate. They are worse than last season. Yeah. And I don't know... Which is weird. They've lost Gundogan and Mares. Mares, I think... Yes, less, he's less quality, important. but like I don't think he's the reason they're worse. But I don't understand. Like Gundogan, I think is one of the most elite midfielders in world football. But how is he the sole reason it's got worse? It is him, isn't it? Yeah, and also maybe De Bruyne being out. I want to say De Bruyne being out. Yeah, as much he as is, I think he, he he's hmm. still the best midfield in the Premier League on his He's day. still an output machine, isn't he? I haven't been impressed by Bernardo Silva this season. No, I haven't been impressed by Haaland. He got a nice goal, though, on the weekend. Yeah. For me, I think Pep's asking different players to step up and mm. it's not quite working. We've seen their patterns of play have changed a lot since bringing Kovacic into the middle, who I don't think is quite up to Pep's standard. Mm. But Pep is playing him anyway. Um, their back four look less composed than I've seen them for a very long time. Yeah. Johnny Stones is finally back, so maybe that'll change it up. I don't know why Edison didn't start this game, because Ortega started. He had a good game, actually. Yeah, Ortega's all right. Yeah. He's better than uh, Zach Stefan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they fucked off Zach Stefan. Yeah, he made just howlers after howlers, poor guy. Um, But yeah, I I don't know. They, They just... The problem is, they're sitting top of the league as we film this. Yeah, yeah. Which says a lot about Man City. Yeah, we're not impressed by them, but they're yet still top of league. they're on twenty-one points. And then, uh, yeah, and then they'll start in January kicking on, and then and win the league. You know that, that yeah, from yeah. maybe middle of December when the games come thick and fast, That's their squad depth yeah. proves dividends, and they'll fly, and they'll be eight points ahead by you know March. Hundred percent, yeah. And that's it. That's what happens. So time will tell. I'm still yet to be impressed. I think for Calvin Phillips, the journey's over. I agree. But this is the time for him to... Reignite his career. Yeah, I think I think even like Liverpool wouldn't be a bad shout. No, I think Newcastle are interested. Yeah, I mean, Tonali might be out for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, which is a shame. But, you know, dubious, sticky one still. Yeah. But yeah, I think Calvin Phillips would be... I think he's got enough about him to be a top six asset. Yeah. Not a star player. I agree. You don't want him to be your star player. No. But I think, yeah, even maybe like a Man United could use him. Yeah, I agree. I think he walks into that Man United midfield. And we were talking about this with Douglas Louise. 
And we might as well get on to Man United because they had a 2-1 victory against a all right Sheffield United. But I don't know if they looked all right because Man United make them look all right or if they're actually like were... I mean, Man United well. made Burnley look like prime Barcelona. That's what I'm saying. So minutes. as much as it's a good result for Man United, I said this week after week, all these wins they're getting against Brentford, against uh, Sheffield United, against Burnley, just papering over cracks because they haven't actually been that good. Yeah, for me, it's a weird one. Harry Maguire was good, I thought. He was, yeah. And I I think uh, Ten Hag came out after the game and gave him some good uh, good praise, which is always nice to see. A pat on the back. I, Harry Maguire is someone I think every English football fan wants to see succeed. I want him to get his smile back. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's done <laughs> so much for us. Mm. And he was really good at one point. He is good. I just, I don't know. Is he just an old-fashioned defender? He's just, yeah. I I don't know. I think his kind of stock at United is so low and his kind of um, relationship with the fans is so low that, like, it's hard to... It's kind of... He hasn't done what Xhaka did when Xhaka laying the Arsenal shirt on the floor. Also, did you see that Xhaka goal in training? No. Oh, oh what, where he, like, dinked it over? The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, but, yeah, mind, his relationship is kind of like that. Where it's like so low that anything he does, the fans are on him. And that's got to be a hard place mentally that like you're second guessing everything. So you what's do. a harder place to be? In front of that. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah. That's a like, much harder place to be. so bad. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know. There's, You know how we were talking about Emery earlier and saying that like teams wanted to come and like play against Arsenal mm. or didn't want to play properly against Arsenal. They would like play as weird yeah. like uncomfortable style of play. Man United, obviously, especially for like smaller clubs or not small clubs, but clubs that have just been promoted and things like that. Going to Old, Old Trafford or playing against Man United even at home. Scary. You, you just, you put on a performance. Mm. Like a lot of teams will go and unless United start really strong, the other team wants it more. Mm. For United, it's Sheffield United, they just expect to beat them. Yeah, yeah, true. And this is a Man United team which aren't as good as the t- like back in Alex Ferguson's day. Hmm. where they would be able to slap every team, yeah. any team. They have to actually play and work for their results at the minute. Yeah. So for them, they're coming, it's sort of like meeting at an equilibrium. This team is well up for it and may not aren't quite as yeah. good as they were. So I don't know. It's a, it's a sticky one. I think they've got a lot of injuries, but you can only rely on that for so long after you spent nearly yeah, a billion pounds as well. I, You've got to have some sort of depth. I know Amrabat was playing like left back and then mm. centre back, back and centre I think mid. Luke Shaw being out is quite a understated but big miss for he's, them. I think he's back soon. I think uh, Wan Bissak is back soon, which would be interesting. Even though I don't mind Dallow. Yeah, I, I think, think Dallow's been one of their best players recently. Martinez being out is a miss. Not ideal, yeah. Um, Mason Mount. Mason Mount's just coming back, isn't he? Hoysen's still probably trying to get right up to that match fitness. I think they need goals. They're, I think they're only on like six or seven goals this season, which is for Man United, so poor. Hoysen, no Premier League goals. Um, Martial, no Premier League goals. Oh, yeah, but Martial's worse. Rashford, one Premier League goal. Anthony, no Premier League goals. Your front line needs to be delivering more than that. We're yeah. talking about Chelsea not getting enough goals, They've, but think, this is worse. They've also got a lot of big chances created this yeah. season. Uh, Bruno's, even in been, Bruno's been putting up numbers. Even in the Sheffield United game, they had about four or five clear-cut opportunities that they missed. Yeah, it's it's strange. I think I saw a tweet, which is I thought it was hilarious. It was a compilation of 
Alanga this season. Oh, and it was like if this was if if United were to sign Alanga for seventy million, people would say that's a great signing. If Alanga played at Man United, he'd be their best winger at the moment. I like it. Forrest on a bit of a stinker. Yeah, they Seen are two bit... to Luton. Yeah, that is not ideal. They're they're sinking. Just saying, they're they're, they're not they're not the Forest that we saw at the end of last season. No. Or even at the beginning of the season where Tyro Howard knee was blasting the goals in. Yeah, we do tend to jinx teams. Like we did some Crystal Palace propaganda last week. Smashed. Some Sam Johnston propaganda last week and they got smashed 4-0. So. Yeah. Newcastle are just good though. Newcastle are very good. That I was listening to Alan Shearer talk about Longstaff and mm. uh, Trippier. And, uh, I like, do you see Longstaff after the game was like, oh, I can't go traveling because I'm too busy scoring goals at St. James's. Because did you see there was, was like, like a fake, tweet, fake yeah. tweet that came out about him going traveling? Yeah, his um his brother, Matty, um, was released, wasn't he? So oh, was he? I think he wants to get, he's, try, he's trying <laughs> to get like... That's so funny. Maybe he's half as good as his brother. Maybe yeah. he could sign for a lot of championships. Sean Longstaff got to be playing for England soon, I reckon. It feels so stacked, though. But I don't think there's anyone that does what Sean Long... Like, do you know we were talking about who do we play alongside Declan Rice? Yeah. I'd say he does what Calvin Phillips does, but probably a bit better at the moment. Yeah. Probably hasn't got the range of passing of a Calvin Phillips. But do we need that when we got centre-backs of John I mean, Stones if we, if we go back a week ago before West Ham got slapped 4-1, Ward-Prowse? Yeah, Ward-Prowse or Sean Longstaff for me. Start alongside Declan. Got to stop this big six agenda. Yeah, I agree. Because I can't think of anyone else until Charlie Patino gets into that Arsenal team and matures. That's who I'm thinking. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be, it's interesting. I mean, it is nice seeing teams like Villa, Brighton, Newcastle see some success because it, it, it makes things fresh as well. And it's interesting that we're shaping up to have not just a one horse or two horse Premier League race at the minute. Yeah. We've got Spurs who could be sitting top of the table. We've got Man City who underperforming every game, but still coming out on top and being right up there. Liverpool as well. Liverpool good result. Looking a lot better. Defensively shaky, but, you know, looking... What's new? Yeah, I mean, and then Arsenal who are getting results, but... I I don't think we've hit second or third gear. Which is not a bad thing. I can't think of a game where, like, the whole duration we've been really good. Like, City... For the second half, we were really good. Chelsea for the like second half. When have you guys got Liverpool? Fuck knows, but I hope it's not anytime soon. Because oh, that's a game I can't wait to watch. Yeah, but yeah, so we need to pull our fingers out. Because you've played, you've played uh, Man City, you played Tottenham, you played United, played Chelsea, you've played Chelsea. So you've got Liverpool, really. Of the big six, they got Newcastle soon, I think. Yeah. So yeah, scary. Newcastle, Liverpool will be. Yeah, I mean, it's shaping up to be a nice little Premier League season. It's what we like. We've got no World Cup slapped in the middle of it, which is quite nice. Indeed. Like, we, do, we do have an AFCON, I think, this year, no? We do, yeah. Cause which will be interesting. So uh, City are the only team in the league to have no players go to AFCON. Yeah, Liverpool could be... Liverpool could be shagged. But Salah, Salah, in my opinion, best player in the Premier League this season. And there's another team that I was thinking, I can't remember who it is, that could be, be like, dusted. But, um, yeah. Thanks for watching. Yeah, guys. Thank you very much for 4K. Chat every time. 10K for Christmas, baby. Yeah, we get 10K before Christmas. Um, Ros will do something mad. I'll try my best. He'll try his best. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for watching. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Let I'll us know do down 10K below. 10K keepy-uppies in one video. And if you drop it, you have to restart. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, guys, thank you very much for watching. Like, comment, subscribe, do all that good stuff. And yeah, stick around because out Friday, we've got a goalkeeper ranking video and it's sure to have some absolute clangers in there. Bosh. As always. Thank you, Ciao, guys. Big job. Bush. <laughs>